This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. So Christy told me what the biggest struggles that CPAs have. And so I put together this little keynote to help you become more productive. Now, I want to start off right away talking about expectations. Now, this is one area that I deal a lot with my clients is expectations. Or should I say not setting or having any expectations? We live in a world where we're, unfortunately, reactive. We're reacting to what happens around us. Most people who are productive are proactive, productive, proactive. It's really important that you stop and think about your expectations. Your expectations for yourself, for your clients, your vendors, your team. Take it home for your home, uh, your people in your home. What are your expectations? Have you ever stopped and thought about your expectations? I, I want you not to miss that. Have you stopped to think about your expectations? What do you expect for yourself? A lot of people never think about this. And here's what I want you to do. I don't want you just to think about it. Okay, I don't want you to go... I ponder my expectations. I want you to get a piece of paper or a notebook and a pen. I want you to go someplace quiet. When I mean quiet, no TV, nobody talking, no dogs barking. I don't want your city to jackhammer your street when you're doing this. I want it as quiet as possible. And I want you to write at the top of the page, what are my expectations? And I just want you to brainstorm. Most people have never thought about this, whether they're in the corporate environment, whether entrepreneurs, they don't stop and think about their expectations. What do you expect of those of you work with, your team, yourself, your vendors, your clients? You need to get this nailed down. So that's my first thing, your expectations. Now, everyone's expectations is going to be totally different. Mine are different than yours. But I want you to do that exercise. I want you to really think about your expectations. Because if you do the exercise I just gave you, it's going to open up your eyes. It's going to open up your mind and go, wow, why am I doing this? And why am I letting this client get away with this? And why am I allowing this teammate to get away with that? Got to set your expectations. You don't have to be a leader. By the way, we're all leaders. Sometimes we work for somebody, but you are your own leader. You are in control of your life. Even though you work for someone else, even though you have clients, you're still a leader. So please do this exercise. Number two, I want to talk about a big word I love, compartmentalization. I also want to talk about priorities. I want to talk about planning. Let's talk about compartmentalization. Now, one of the things I see a lot of people deal with is they're scattered. So they're working on a project. In your case, I'm not a CPA. So if I say the wrong verbiage, it's not intentional. I'm not a CPA. I don't play one on television. But let's say you're working on something for a client. And then you have your email program up. And then you got your phone going off with text messages. And then the news is on in the background. First of all, turn off the news. Stop watching the news, okay? It's not good for you. So your brain is scattered all the, it's trying to pay attention to all these things. What I want you to do is focus on compartmentalizing. Okay. Big word. All it means is 
one thing at a time. We're going to talk about multitasking in just a few minutes, but I want you to compartmentalize. Okay. What does that mean? When you're working on that project for the client, that's all you do. So if you need to get in your email for something, what I want you to do is I want you to grab that client-related emails. I want you to maybe paste it into a Word document or into a notes a document or maybe into a, maybe print it out. So when you're working on the client project, now remember, I'm not a CPA, so I don't know how you do your thing, but you want to have as many things shut down, especially social media. You want your phone on Do Not Disturb, maybe even turned off, face down if it's on Do Not Disturb and mute it. So you can focus on serving that client. If you are going to, say, write a blog post, all you want to do is write the blog post. I don't want you to have things going on in the background. It's called compartmentalization. I want you to, this is one compartment, and this is another compartment, and this is another compartment. What happens is there's no walls for most people between all the projects and tasks they have to do, and so they just bleed back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and at the end of the day, you feel emotionally drained. You feel physically drained. You may feel frustrated. You may feel overwhelmed. Why? Because you are, I'm not a juggler, so imagine I'm juggling, you know, balls or plates or whatever. Okay, that's what you're doing all day long. Okay, if you want to get back in control, you compartmentalize. This is very difficult because we think we can do multiple things at once. I'm going to talk about multitasking in a few minutes. You can't. Okay, so what I want you to do is let me jump into planning. Okay, because the best way to compartmentalize is to plan. Now, I have a saying, I've been saying for years, and I want you to write this down. Tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. You do that by planning. Remember where I talked about a few minutes ago about reactive versus proactive? People who are reactive do one of two things. They don't plan at all, or if they plan, they keep everything up here. Both of those are not effective in order for you to be productive. So what I want you to do is I want you to start telling your time where to go. And if you've been doing it in your mind, or maybe you do it occasionally, what I want you to do is go back to the basics. Now, every time a new season is about starting to start in any sport, baseball, football, hockey, basketball, it doesn't matter, when the athletes show up for training camp, they go back to the basics. Take American football, for example. Yes, Tom Brady can throw a ball. But you know what he does when he first goes to training camp? He practices throwing the ball. The wide receivers and the tight ends practice catching the ball. The running backs practice running routes. The linebackers practice blocking. Or I guess the linebackers would be practicing getting to the quarterback. The, the offensive line would practice blocking. They go back to the basics. So even if you've been sort of planning or, you know, mentally planning or you do it every other day, I want you to go back to the basics. What I mean by that? I want you to start planning on paper. Now, maybe you're already doing this, but this is something I always tell my clients. We all have our iPhones or other smartphones. We all have these. We always try to do it on the phone. What I want you to do, you may have Outlook or some other program, I want you for at least the next 30 days to plan on purpose 
on paper. Because there's something very magical when you take a pen and you take a notebook. You don't have to go out and buy a planner. You can use a use a back of a invoice or a back of a scrap piece of paper. But there's something magical when you write out, I'm going to work 9 to 5 tomorrow. You write 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10, 10, 30, 11, whatever, all the way down to when you're not going to work anymore. And you write down, okay, 9 o'clock, I'm going to do this. And 9.30, I'm going to do this. And 10 o'clock, I'm going to do this. There's something psychological about you writing it down. Then you can take that plan and put it on your iPhone. But I want you to start it out on paper. It's really, really important because guess why? You probably heard this before. What gets scheduled gets done. You know that. Maybe you need to write that down. What gets scheduled gets done. Compartmentalization. You schedule time to do task or project A. Maybe you going to do it for 90 minutes. So 9 to 10.30, you're working on project A. And then at the end of that, maybe you spend 30 minutes watching YouTube, surfing Facebook, checking your email. I don't care what you do. But then you schedule it intentionally. You tell your time where to go. Now, here's how I teach people how to plan. First, you determine how many hours you're going to work tomorrow or whatever day you're planning. You start there, and we're going to reverse engineering. This is going to make, uh, make sense for you in just a minute. So let's say you're going to work eight hours tomorrow. You're going to take an hour for lunch. Okay, so you get your little paper planner or your sheet of paper or your notebook, and you say, I'm going to go from lunch from 1230 to 1.30. So between 1230 and 1.30, you mark it out as lunch. And let's say you're going to work on a, a project for your, your client from 9 to 10, and then from 11 to 12, and then from 2 to 3. So that's three hours, right? So you get an hour for lunch and you got three hours for clients. Eight minus four is four. Not going too fast for you, am I? You, you are really smart because you're a CPA. I'm not. I'm just a productivity guy. What do I know? So what are you going to put in the other four hours? Hmm. I don't know. What do you have to do? Here's where most people get tripped up. They don't schedule those other four hours. They just, I don't know. They just leave them hanging out there. And then they wonder why they don't get a lot of stuff done. Now, what you put in the other four hours doesn't matter. Just put something there. Here's some ideas what should go there. Meditation. Yes, schedule time to meditate. Or you won't get to it. Something else will fill that spot. How about personal development? Did you know that in my studies of high performers, of successful people, They make it a priority of personal development. Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Elon Musk, Brendan Burchard. These people are reading a lot. How important is personal development for you? If you say, well, Mark, it's really important for me. Really? Show me your plan. Show me your schedule. Show me your calendar. Where is it written in there? Personal development. Am I convicting you? A lot of times I am. If if, if I was there in person with you for this uh, expo, I would look in your eyes in the audience. I can't see you. No, still can't see you. (laughs) But is it important? See, what's important you'll put on your calendar? Meditation. Time for quiet is important. Put it on your schedule. Personal development. If it's important for you, put it on your schedule. What about 
exercise. I don't care if you're a daily runner like I am or if you swim, you bike, you walk, you do yoga, you do, uh, you know, those those dancing exercises. I don't know. I'm not a dancer. I can't dance to save my life. Whatever it is, put it on your schedule. Hey, if you're working from home like a lot of people are, you're probably going to feel the temptation to do some housework. Load or unload a dishwasher. Do a load of laundry. Run the vacuum. Most people will say, hey, fight the temptation. I don't. It's reality. It's going to call your name. So here's an idea. Schedule time to do housework on your calendar, on purpose. That way, when you get out of your home office, if you're working from home, and you go in the kitchen to get some water, you're like, oh, man, I need to do those dishes. You go, oh, 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 time out, time out. It's on your schedule for 1 o'clock this afternoon. So we're not going to do it right now. Then you get your water, go back to work. So put this stuff on your schedule. What I want you to do is I want you to think about what things other than work that you're going to do and put them on your schedule. I don't want you, like I tell my clients, I don't want you to work, 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 work. Your body needs breaks. So make sure when you're planning your schedule, you allow it to breathe. If you've ever paid attention when you go over a big bridge, or I guess any kind of bridge, really, that's kind of large, you'll see these, they look like zippers, uh, usually in the beginning of the bridge and toward the end and, and several places in between. That's so the bridge can contract and dilate. It can move, okay? It allows the bridge to breathe. Are you allowing your schedule to breathe? Or are you trying to do multiple things at once? Again, we're going to talk about multitasking quite extensively in just a few minutes. You got to allow your schedule to breathe. One of the ways I do that is you probably heard of the Pomodoro technique. If you haven't, it's a time management technique where you work fully focused for 25 minutes, then you take a five minute break, then you work for 25 minutes and take a five minute break. I do the 50 10 Pomodoro technique. And you say, 50, 10? Listen, there's no Pomodoro technique place in the world, okay? You can do 25, 5. You can do 52, 17, 50, 10, 45, 15, whatever works for you. You can do 45, 10. You can do 90, 30, whatever you want to do. Create your own Pomodoro technique. What I personally do is I will work 50 minutes. Then I have a 10-minute break. Now, I have an Apple Watch, and I have an alarm that goes off my Apple Watch from 8.50 a.m. to 5.50 p.m. That's my cue to say, okay, it's time to get up. That's really important. Get up from wherever you are and go walk around, maybe take the dog for a walk, maybe take a quick walk, get the blood flowing, get away from your area. A lot of people, when they take a break, what they do is they just close their eyes for 10 minutes. No, don't do that. Get up and walk away. Okay. So I work in as much as possible. My client calls are 45 minutes, you know, so I generally can work this out. Work for 50 minutes and I take a break for 10 minutes. I do that throughout the day. How can you incorporate that in your life? Maybe you work on a project. Let's say you've got a really big project for a client. Again, I'm not using uh, industry specific jargon here because I don't know your industry. I'm not a CPA. I barely can do my own taxes. Okay. 
I do them, so I'm filing, but I just, I'm not as smart as you when it comes to taxes. So let's say you're going to work on your client stuff and you say, I'm going to try Mark's 5010. So let's say the project's going to take you three 50 minute chunks. So you'd work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break. That's hour one. Then you work for another 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break. That's hour two. Then you work for another 50 minutes. Hopefully you finish it. Then you take a 10 minute break before you move on. So it's making sense. So what I want you to do is I want you to get back control of your time. I don't want you to be the slave of time. I want time to be the slave of you. I know that I don't know. I can only imagine that there's certain times a year where CPAs are busier than other times. But even when you're crazy busy, you have all these deadlines, you need to stop and still maintain control. You got to use the word. It's a word Congress doesn't know very well, and neither do teenagers. It's the word no. I know that clients are your lifeblood, but you got to learn that if you don't say no to some people, you're going to drive yourself crazy. When I first got into the wonderful world of coaching, I had a coach and they would coach from seven o'clock in the morning every 30 minutes until I think seven o'clock at night, they take an hour for lunch, an hour for dinner. And I remember telling myself, I never want to be that coach. Because there's no way that coach could be just as effective at seven o'clock as he is in the morning as he is at seven o'clock in the afternoon. You can't either. So if you're trying to do clients all day long, there's no way you're going to be just as effective as the last client of the day as you are the first client. Now this is for a lot of people, this is revolutionary. A lot of people go, Whoa, are you telling me to turn away business? No, I'm just saying, remember what I talked about earlier? Do you feel overwhelmed and frustrated? Are you under a lot of stress? There's a better way. You only get one life, so why not feel peace and freedom and enjoy your life? You can. Find out more at 90daystobustingoverwhelm.com. Setting expectations. So if you have an expectation for your client to turn in their paperwork, whatever the paperwork they have to turn into you, and you say, listen, I'm going to work on your stuff. On Friday, I'm going to work on it from two to four. I've already got my schedule. I have to have your stuff by 10 o'clock on Friday morning. If it's not, if I don't have it, then I'm going to have to push you back three days. But I'm going to get fined. I'm going to get penalized. I'm like, I am the CPA and I'm telling you my expectations. If you don't meet my expectations, well, it's actually up to you. It's, it's up to you to give me the paperwork back in time. If you don't give me what I need, I'm not going to stay up to three o'clock in the morning doing your work. Now, I know this is going to seem to some people, you may be going, obviously he's not a CPA. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm a productivity expert. I wasn't a productivity expert like a week ago. I was, I've been for years, I've been doing this stuff. You have to set the expectations of your client and say, look it, you need to have this. Let's say you have to file on Monday and you're going to work on it Friday. You say, look it, you give me everything that I, by 10 o'clock on Friday or 10 o'clock on Wednesday, whatever date and time you choose. I will have, I will promise you, I will have it done on time. But if you don't, then you're going to have to pay, uh, pay the consequences. What's going through your mind right now? Do you think I'm off my rocker? Or do you think, well, he's kind of crazy, but you know, he's got some great ideas. Because I got news for you. If my client, like when I have clients, 
I have clients. I mean, it's not like I don't have any clients. When my clients book appointments, I always send something called a strategy form. And the strategy form asks you questions like, you know, what, what, well, kind of like the, the, the recap stuff. The whole purpose of that is, is so when we get on the call, I don't have to ask you all those questions. You get those to me about 24 hours ahead of time. And then we jump on the call, we hit the ground running. If the client doesn't submit that strategy form, which most of them don't do, we spend the next, the first 10 or 15 minutes of their call, and my calls are 45 minutes long, going over the questions on the strategy form. So they're only getting 30 minutes of my time instead of 45 because we have to review what they didn't do. But you know what? I used to stress over that. I don't stress over that anymore. You want to know why? The client knows when they're onboarded as a client, I tell them, these are my expectations. Remember, we're going back to expectations we talked about in the beginning of this keynote. I tell them what the expectations are. These are the expectations. Your call starts at, like, if you schedule from 2 to 2.45, it starts at 2. If you show up at 2.40, you get a five-minute call. It doesn't start at 2.40. So I'm very regimented about the expectations. And my client were to say, and they've never done this, well, that's not fair. I'm like, hey, you knew this in the beginning. I sent you an email. I send you reminders. You've got to set expectations because when you set expectations, now you can plan because now you can compartmentalize. You know what your priorities are because you tell the client, here's the expectations. If it's in by this time, I will get the work done. If it's not, I move you down the list. I do other people's stuff. Okay. I know people don't like to do this. I know people don't like to make people mad or upset, but here's the thing. If you are constantly working 10, 12, 15, 16, 18, 20 hours a day, and you're working Saturdays and Sundays and, and all hours to, you know, on holidays and vacations, what is that doing to you inside? What is that doing to you mentally? How's that making you feel physically? Are you beginning to hate your profession? Because clients aren't doing what they say. I can only imagine if you're like me and probably are, you have clients that fall in three categories. You know, clients that are like awesome. They always do the work. They always get stuff. They always get stuff to you before you even, before the deadline. So if the deadline is Thursday at 10 a.m., you may have a Tuesday. We love those clients. Then you got clients who are like, they just squeaking just in the right time. They're like, yeah, whatever. Then you have those clients who are like, oh, can I please get the information from you? And what happens is we allow ourselves to get angry. Don't mean to say I'm not a CPA. I don't know what the laws are when it comes to filing, but I gotta imagine that if your client gives you the work late, they should pay the consequences, not you. If you set your hours, like that's another thing. You need to have office hours, but you need to tell your client, here are my office hours. And you set your own office hours and you say, Hey, if you email me, going back to expectations, we keep going back to the first point and say, listen, if you email me, expect to reply within 24 to 40 hours. Set the expectation. Now, you don't just spring this on them. When they come on you as a client, you tell them, here are the expectations. You don't sit there and just bend over backwards for them. Because what you're doing is you're preventing them from experiencing the consequences. If I don't file my taxes on time, I have to pay a penalty. I have to pay the consequences. You've got to get away from being afraid of, I don't care if they're the biggest client you ever had. 
Say, these are my expectations. And if you already have clients that are doing this, you draft an email, you keep it as short as possible and say, hey, listen, I want to let you know these are the expectations going forward. Most people, most people are going to be acceptable of that. The third thing I want to talk to you about is permission. You have to give yourself permission to give expectations for everyone. You have to give yourself permission to compartmentalize, to plan, to set priorities. A lot of clients I deal with say, well, I don't know, man. I don't, Mark, I, 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 I just want to please everybody. I, I just, I, I don't want people not to like me. I, I just, I don't feel right requiring people to go by rules. Stop. Please stop. Let's talk about you for a minute. When you have those clients, and we all have them, that don't do what they're supposed to do, how does that make you feel? Think about right now. Maybe jot down the notepad. You're taking copious notes. I'm sure you are. How does it make you feel? Does it make you feel angry, frustrated, overwhelmed, like you want to give up? Why do you let your clients do this for you? Here's a novel thing you might want to think about. Have you ever thought about firing your client? You complete your current project and say, look it, we're done. Because yes, they're income, but now obviously if you work for a corporation, you can't do this. But if you're an independent CPA, can you get rid of clients that are paying? Let me tell you something. This is probably industry-wide, probably yours as well. The more people pay you, the less of a problem they are. You get people want everything for free. They complain the most. You get people pay you top dollar. They tend not to complain as much. I'm not saying they don't complain, but not as much. So give yourself permission to set those expectations, to compartmentalize, to plan, to set priorities. Let's talk about multitasking. Oh, I love talking about multitasking. Oh my goodness. People really smart who have a title known as neuroscientists, the people who deal with the brain, have unequivocally said the brain cannot multitask. The brain cannot do more than one thing at a time. It cannot. So when you think you're multitasking, you're not. What you're doing is you're rapidly switching between different topics. And here's the thing about multitasking that people don't realize. Now remember, multitasking is not a thing. When people try to do multiple things at once, here's what happens. Let's say you're working on one thing. You're doing a Pomodoro technique. You're fully focused. You're working on one thing. A lot of people... If I was, if I was live to you right now and there's an audience in front of me and I say, what do you think the efficiency that you're operating at if you're working on one thing fully focused? Everybody's going to say 100%. Not true. Why? Because eyes, ears, nose, it's constantly looking around. Now it's certainly pretty high in efficiency, but if there's a cat crying outdoors, your ears paying attention to this. You're trying to focus, but you hear the cat crying. Or maybe you hear a loud FedEx truck go down the road. Okay. You're still working on your project, but your ear goes, huh, is that a FedEx truck? So you're not at 100%. So we're already behind the game. But now we're working on our project. We notice we get a text message on our iPhone. I'm like, huh. Now 
You're looking at text message, still trying to focus. Now, is your efficiency 90-90? No, the efficiency goes down and we don't know if it's 90%, 90%, 80%. We don't know. We don't know. We just know the efficiency goes down. And the more things you work on, the efficiency keeps going down and down and down and down. I can't do this if I was live, you know. <laughs> so the more things you try to juggle, the, the, the efficiency of everything goes down. And they're all going to be different levels of efficiency. Now, there's three things we need to talk about when it comes to multitasking. Number one, multitasking is when you're going on this task, like I just talked about, this task and this task and switch here, switch, switch. Okay, that's that's multitasking. But there's also something called context switching. That means when you're going from task A to task B to task A to task B, you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And your brain is trying to keep things sorted. Remember, the more things you're trying to work on, the more things your brain's got to pay attention to. And the brain starts getting really, you know how the feeling is. You're like, where am I right now? But the big thing is attention residue. What attention residue is, is you're working on project A. Okay. And then you say, okay, I'm doing Mark's 50-10 Pomodoro technique. Uh, the timer went off. It's 50 minutes. I'm going to go take a break. So you 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 wrap up the task you're working on. It may not be finished. You wrap up the bow and you put it aside and you walk away and you go take a break. And you come back and you start working on task or project B. Your brain is still thinking about task A. Your brain is not like a switch. You go, oh, task A is off. It's still thinking about it. Now, what neuroscientists told us is the longer you have a gap between tasks, the less attention residue you have. So in my case, 50-10, I take a 10-minute break, the tension residue is still there, but it's much smaller. If you go from task A and then you stop task A, you put a bow on it, and then switch to task B, and there's no gap there, your brain is more likely to keep thinking. You're still on, you're on B, now your brain's still thinking on A because there's no gap there. I recommend at least a 10-minute break. That's why I say get up, walk around, take the dog for a walk, whatever the case may be. You need to separate the task because your brain is not like a light switch. You can't just turn it on and turn it off. Your brain's still thinking. I mean, right now I'm talking to you. I'm recording this, and my brain's thinking about things I have to do later. That's how the brain works. Hey, Mark, don't forget when you're done, you got to do this. You got to call this person. You got to do this. Don't forget you got a podcast interview tomorrow. Okay, that's how the brain works. Your brain is constantly trying to help help you out. And you need to have the separation. It's very difficult to get that separation. But here's something a lot of people deal with who allegedly try to multitask. So you're working on the first project and you're going along. Okay. All of a sudden, you forgot to mute your phone or you forgot to put your phone on do not disturb. Ding! Now, the moment you hear that ding, or if you have your phone muted, but you have vibration mode enabled, please disable vibration mode. Your brain, done. Your brain is disconnected from that task. I mean, it's still holding on to it, but now it goes, huh, that could be the leader of my country texting me. You know it. You've been there. And so now you've disconnected from what you're working on to look at your text message. Now, what neuroscience has shown us is the further you get away from your task or the further you get away from where you lost focus, the longer it takes you to get back. Now, if you just look at the text message and go right back to your task, it may be really quickly, 
that you get back to the task. But what happens? You're reading the text message from your Aunt Martha. Ding! There's another text message. You're getting further and further and further and further away from where you lost focus. Now, let's say you've gone three distractions deep from your focus, and then you get rid of those. And like, oh man, I got to mute my phone. I got to turn my phone off, whatever the case may be. So like, okay, done. Well, now your mind is like a stubborn teenager. It's not just going to give you back that focus immediately. It's going to say, hmm, yeah, well, you know, you walked away. So you're just going to have to wait. And you're going to try to force it. You're going to try to push that rope. And it ain't going to work. So what you need to do is set yourself up for productive success. Get everything you need right in front of you so that you can maybe shut your laptop down. Of course, unless you need a program on your laptop, but close Outlook, close all those well, Safari, Chrome, Firefox, close all those tabs, you know, mute your phone. You want to eliminate all this stuff. Get rid of the clutter off your desk. Just have what you need to work on for that moment. Because Remember what I told you earlier, your brain is constantly scanning. We have peripheral vision. So I'm looking at you right here and I can see way over here. Okay, I can see way over here. So your brain, even though you're focused on something, your brain is constantly scanning things. There's a big glass window right in front of me. And if a bird flew through there, uh, not through there, that'd be really bizarre on this live, on this keynote. But if it flew by my window, my brain's going to go, look, a bird. Or if I see a squirrel out there, that's where our brains work. It's not a flaw in our system known as our human body. It's the way it is. So you've got to do whatever you have to do to set yourself up for productive success. One of the things I recommend is maybe have some soft instrumental music playing in the background. Or I like listening to um, rain. There's a lot of apps out there that you can actually play rain or thunderstorms or streams. Something that your brain can latch onto, but there's nothing to do. It's nothing to think about. Whatever works for you. I can't work in absolute complete silence. My brain goes crazy. I need to have something my brain to latch onto. What works for you? I don't know. But I want you to think outside the box. Sometimes we get into a situation where I've always done it this way. So I'll just keep doing it this way. Why are you doing the things you're doing? Think about that. Why are you doing the things you're doing? See, we get so busy. We're go, 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 go. We don't stop and think, is this the best way to do it? Is there a better way? There may be. Have you looked? Have you researched? Have you looked around? There's an exercise I give my clients. It's called the O-Day method. O-D-A-E. Stands for outsource, delegate, automate, and eliminate. So the exercise goes like this. Over the period of two, three, or four days, I want you to write down everything you do, both at work and at home. Okay. I don't want you to judge. I don't want you to edit. I want you to think about it. Just write down, write it down. And then when you're done, put it aside for a day. Then I want you to go back to the list. And anything that can be outsourced generally to another company, I want you to outsource. If you don't know how to outsource, there's a search engine called Google.com. Go in there and say, how do I outsource X? Believe me, you'll have a controlling answers. Then go ahead and start outsourcing some things. D, what can you delegate? Maybe someone in your office, maybe you can, you know, outsourcing delegates kind of like they're kind of gray area, they kind of overlap. 
Maybe you have a niece, a nephew, a friend that would do it for you for a small amount of money. Then there's automate. We live in 2021. A lot of things can be automated. I love automation. What are you doing that can be automated? You don't know until you look, right? And my favorite letter is E, eliminate. What are you doing that doesn't need to be done? This is really hard because especially you've been doing something a certain way for a very long time. Have you ever stopped to think that, do I need to be doing this anymore? Maybe not. Here's the thing with elimination is that you can say, I'm not going to do it for a week and see what happens. If the world doesn't end, you do it for two weeks. The world doesn't end, maybe you get rid of it. But a lot of people aren't brave enough to try new things. They get stuck in a rut. And Zig Ziglar said the only difference between a grave and a rut is the ends are kicked out. And the longer you keep going in that circle of the rut, the longer you keep circling, the deeper your rut gets and the more difficult it is for you to get out. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.